0: Hi, this is Danielle Krissa from The Jealous Curator, and this is episode 167 of Art For Your Ear. Today's episode is supported by Thrive Art Studio. Um, now, last time I talked about them, I mentioned their online network. It's kind of like a Facebook group for artists without all of the crap that comes along with Facebook. Anyway, I'm a member of the network, and I actually used it yesterday. I was looking for a contact at the Vancouver Art Gallery, and uh, so I posted a message asking who knew who, Well, 24 hours later, I now have five contacts at the Vancouver Art Gallery. Thanks, ladies. So let me give you the rundown. If you're looking for a positive and supportive space on the internet with other practicing artists where you can ask questions, share insights, and access vetted resources, then this is for you. Oh, and speaking of resources, Jamie and Tara have created an entire resource library about the most asked questions and concerns um, that they've heard over the last five years of running Thrive. There is info about pricing your work, how to sell your work, writing your artist statement, revamping your website, basically all of the things that come up as we're trying to do this whole art thing on our own. A membership to the Thrive Network is only $25 a month, and if you want to try it first, you can. For free. Yep, Jamie and Tara are offering a free week-long trial. So just head over to thriveartstudio.com network. Thriveartstudio.com network. So today I've got my good friend, super brilliant and very blunt art consultant, Penny Lane Shen back on the podcast. And the title of our segment today? Penny Lane Made Me Cry. <laughs> yes, she has that effect on people. But before we get to the emotional roller coaster that is Penny Lane Chen, I wanted to let you know about a couple of things. Now, I'm not going to get all deep and reflective today. I'm going to save that for next week. Because at the moment, well, I'm exhausted. I have been sick all week, awake coughing every single night for hours and hours, and quite frankly, I need a nap. That said, I cannot waste this opportunity to tell you stuff, right? Right. So... In case you didn't see my announcement on Instagram the other day, I'm finally allowed to share this big secret that I may have already let slip on a previous episode because that's how good I am with keeping secrets, but I am speaking at TEDx Nashville in March. Ah! I am very, 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 very excited. Um, I've done lots of speaking before, but Nashville is the biggest TEDx um, in the U.S. 2,500 seats, you guys. Freaking out? Well, a tiny bit. (laughs) Ridiculously excited? Yeah, a big bit. Anywho, if you're around that area on March 20th and 21st, tickets are on sale right now if you want to come. Just visit TEDxNashville.com and there's a ticket link right there. Okay, now the other bit of Nashville news. I'm also having a solo show there that opens the same weekend as TEDx. Coincidence? No. (laughs) The lovely person that invited me to speak also suggested doing a show while I was there. Well, how do you say no to that? You don't. That lovely person is Pam Marlene Taylor. That's actually her Instagram handle, too, if you want to go follow her. She is an artist, curator, museum manager, and speaking coach. Yep, she's a renaissance woman. Anyway, because of Pam, I have a solo show featuring 25 brand new pieces made specifically for this show, Opening on Sunday, March 22nd at Maud Fellow's Art and Design Gallery in Nashville. And the title of the show? Shit Arlo says. Yep, it is an entire show <laughs> built around the stuff my inner critic whispers in my ear while I work. I thought it was appropriate since my TED Talk is kind of along the same lines. I'm tying it all together, people, tying it all together. It has been quite an experience speaking of emotional roller coasters. Writing a 20-minute talk about the pitfalls of creativity while trying to make 25 new pieces about the pitfalls of creativity. Hmm, maybe this is why I'm exhausted. It kind of feels like when people say, Oh, if you want to learn French, you should just move to Paris and immerse yourself in the language. That is sort of what the last four months has felt like. There have been moments of, Why did I say yes to all of this? To, I'm on fire, I'm so glad I said yes to this. You guys know. It's the usual artist roller coaster. Anyway, it's all now only a month away, and I am pumped. There. Okay. Now you know all the stuff. That's all I wanted to tell you. I'm going to get pretty deep and emotional next week, but for now, let's move on. Um, Okay. Time to talk with Penny Lane. So last time we did a segment titled Penny Lane Calls Bullshit, she wanted to clean up her act a little bit. So today she's going to share the four biggest reasons people tend to cry when she shows up. I have a feeling all of you will relate to at least one of these reasons, if not all four. Ready? Calling Penny Lane in Vancouver. Hello, Penny Lane. Hi, Danielle. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. I'm you know, a little,
1: you know, always a little bit nervous Well, to chat with you, but I've been like a uh, cleaning obsessively and (laughs) I use this like vinegar cleaner and then I want like salt and vinegar chips because everything
0: smells like vinegar and then I go
1: and have them and then I clean again. It's like this vicious cycle.
0: Oh my God. My mouth's watering. Do you know, you know my love of chips. Oh yeah. Do you know? So what is today? So today we're recording on Thursday, February 20th. I have not had one chip in 2020.
1: Why? Why? (laughs) Why?
0: I don't know. I'm trying I'm trying to not eat chips like they're going out of style. Okay. Okay.
1: Like you were in Maui too and they have like some of the best like Maui sweet onion yes, chips. Yes. They like, do. You know. And
0: Greg got them with his lunch one day. Yeah. And I said, "You know, I can't believe that this is happening in our marriage." And he said <laughs> He said, "It was only one time. It didn't mean anything." Yeah, they meant nothing to me. They meant nothing to them. me. It yeah. was just a one-time thing. Typical.
1: I also feel like you know, Greg teaches spins so he can do whatever he wants. Like I know, but like I go know? to
0: I go to bar and Pilates and all this stuff. Why can't I do whatever I, I want? Well, you can. Well, I can, thing. but then my pants yeah. just get tighter and tighter. <laughs> anyway, so I was like, okay, my goal my, in my New Year's resolution. Yeah. And apparently, Greg just read me this thing that um, January 19th, you know Strava? You can, like, record Mm -hmm. your sports stuff with Strava. Apparently, January 19th is called Quitter's Day because that's when people stop their New Year's resolutions. That's right. So, I made it past January 19th. I'm pretty proud. That's good. So, don't talk about vinegar, please. Okay. Because now my mouth is watering.
1: I mean, yesterday, one of my clients made me, um, like... Potato chip cookies? What? Yes, which were gluten free, so you'll love that. Um, and I shouldn't even call them cookies; they're more like clusters, where it's just crushed potato chips melted with like chocolate as the glue, and then that's it. So they're salty and oh my Good god,
0: Lord! I yeah. knew I shouldn't have done this call with you today. I've been doing so well. <laughs> this will be my quitter's day. I'm like, it's Penny Lane's fault. I don't even know what do you do with your hands when you're watching TV. I have to sit on them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's really, 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 really sad. Oh, one day I'll go back, but see, I feel it's like a gateway. You know, it's like you have one, and then it's true. Yeah. Twelve bags are gone, and it's just bad. Um, you know what I realized we didn't talk about last time? Chips. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Why yeah. your name's Penny Lane? Yeah. I love this little folks. story. Yeah. I you oh, told yeah. me this over dim sum. I was like, so Penny Lane. How how did that come to be?
1: Did. Was this a good story? I, don't
0: I just thought like... it was funny. I just thought it was cute that, that, that your parents thought it was a girl's name. Yeah.
1: And, um, you know, they didn't speak a ton of English, so that was another thing. <laughs> I don't think they had, like, a, a lot of choices necessarily.
0: But didn't um, they think it was, like, yeah. from the Beatles song? They thought it was a song about a girl named Penny Lane, right?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like,
0: technically, you know, rather than a barbershop, you mean? Right. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. And then, and also- I guess it could be because Penny is, and you know or rather than a place, sure, and that's why they're you know that's why the two words are fused together and not separate, so you know, <laughs> and then,
0: what is your brother's name, John, yeah. <laughs> Yep. I thought was so funny. <laughs> like, totally. He didn't get Strawberry Fields or something. Like, he just got no, John. No, or Lucy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's just John. Yeah. Um, or and, I didn't get that, which is weird. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Why didn't you get Lucy? Anyway, anytime I talk about you, people are like, they'll always interrupt me. Wait, like, her first name's Penny is and her name? last name's yeah. Lane? And I'm like, no, no. Yeah. Her first name's Penny Lane. And they're like,
1: what? I think but- it would always be way more sweet if my last name was Lane.
0: Penny Lane.
1: Yeah, I think that would have just been
0: worked out a bit nicer, but it is what it is. I think it's nice how it is. I think it's a delightful name.
1: I have gone to the Penny Lane, um, like in
0: Liverpool. Really?
1: Yeah, and uh, got, got my hair cut there at the barbershop, which actually didn't exist. Like they they built that after the fact. Oh. But he was just loving it, the barber there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I assume you documented all of this with photography. Yep.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah I took pictures of it and I really did not need a haircut but I was like whatever go for it yeah you gotta make it happen oh, that's for sure. hilarious yeah and it's a pretty sketchy part of town which oh. I don't think anybody tells you about but my my friend who lives there too he's like we got off the bus he's like okay
0: quick get a picture
1: just get back <laughs> on the bus
0: oh well that's just like you
1: yeah it's true a little sketchy. bit sketchy yeah yeah a little bit sketchy get back on the bus yeah. Well, that's an
0: excellent segue into um, the theme, actually, of this episode.
1: Would you like to do the honors? You say it.
0: No, you say it.
1: Okay, so last time we focused on uh, pellets and steamers, Penny Lane, calling bullshit. (laughs) Yes. And I wanted to break it down this time and get a little bit more um, in touch with the feels. You know, that last time was like really brass tacks. I thought this time we could... We could talk about, you know, our emotions a bit. And uh, this segment is called Penny Lane Made Me Cry.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have a piece of paper in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, usually I'm super organized and I have like a bullet list of, you know, whatever. And I was like, I'm not going to. Penny's just going to show up and do her thing. So I just have at the top, it says PL. And then um, Penny Lane Makes People Cry. And, and that's it. The page is blank. Okay. So let's talk about um, people that you've made cry. Okay. Um, and why, why did you make them cry? Sure.
1: So what I think I've sort of broken it down to is like four main reasons. I was thinking about this and like, it's not everybody. Okay. Like everybody <laughs> it's one in 10 people maybe. Right. Yeah. Which is not, which is not a lot, but no. is, 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 you know, a fair amount. And when people come out they're like, I didn't even cry. I'm like, congratulations. You're part of the 90% of people who don't cry. <laughs> um, but the ones who do feel like super embarrassed about it, or they're really surprised or taken aback by when it happens. And whenever I tell people that probably about one in 10 people cry, they're always surprised. Um, and they're like, well, why? And then, Oh, they're surprised that,
0: that anybody cries at all. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. They're
1: shocked. And, um, and I always say, I'm like, well, they were on the edge. I just say, They're on the edge, and that's the the end of that. And I, I mean it. So by that, I just mean it doesn't. I didn't do anything per se.
0: Oh no, my phone's ringing.
1: Oh my gosh, how embarrassing!
0: Oh god, (laughs) (laughs) listen to my ringtone. Okay, there we go. (laughs) Anywho, go on, please. You got to play us out with that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Hey, girl. Well, we'll see if somebody else phones me. Okay, Okay. (laughs) sorry. So that's okay.
1: Um. So, basically, they're on the edge, meaning, like, it just takes that little push to tip them over. And um, and they're on the edge for four different reasons, and I'm happy to go over those four with y- you. Yes, please. So, but first, I want to say, I've seen in the flesh, like, I've witnessed people just come up to you and start crying. <laughs> I've seen that twice, like, and <laughs> at two different events and with multiple people. And it was, it was like, it ain't no thing to you. Like you had no, like
0: <laughs> you weren't basic. And then I was, and I was like, oh yeah. And there's probably and people try- listening right now who are like, oh my God, that was me. That it does happen. It's very oh, yeah. raw, the things that we talk about. It's very like, you know, artists, it's really hard to let all that stuff out into the open. And then I think people feel like that you and I both sort of do that to them. And so, and then they will be so, yeah, if people cry in front of me, they will be, Mortified, they'll be like, "Oh, I don't know, understand what is happening. Why is water Why coming is out water of coming face? off? Yeah, and yeah. and I'm like, that's okay. It happens all the time. And
1: I was standing with a different uh, artist, um, my friend Jay, and then he was like, "Why is that happening? <laughs> and I was like, "Because, and I'm like, "Oh, because she's basically spoken their innermost thoughts out loud for a long time, <laughs> and now they're meeting her, and that's why.
0: I'm also super pretty, so I think people are like, "Oh my god, stunned by it." Yeah, like, I can't believe she's that pretty. Like, it's oh, there's a lot of that for sure, well. and that they're in the same room with yes. you about yes. that kind of beauty. Like, it hurts. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> so the first the first one is like probably the the most typical, like the one that people think of when they're like, "Why did Penny Lane make me cry?" And uh, it's criticism. So they they think that I've given them some kind of brutal criticism and they've cried. And certainly that is some of the time. And it's not brutal. It's just any kind of criticism. Yeah. I think uh, last time we talked about how I was saying um, when I was in undergrad and we had these two French exchange students come, and uh, they would sit through these critiques with us and we would all say like, oh, well, I really like love the color that you're using here and in these critiques. And they would come r- around to them and they would be like, I don't know what, any- what you guys are talking about. This is shit. And they would... <laughs> I don't think you did tell me that. Did I not tell you that? I don't think so. Yeah. So that summer when those French exchange students came and they're like, I don't know why you guys have crits this way that are all just, you know.
0: Blowing sunshine, sunshine Rose yeah.
1: Fests. yeah. Yes, exactly. And then they were, they would be like, and they'd be smoking always, and they were so cool. And always, they would come around and be like, "I'm so terrified at what Claudette is going to say next
0: about my work." It's oh my god, I have to around. write that name down. That's going in yeah. a painting, okay, Claudette. Totally. Smoking, got it. And smoking, and be like,
1: "Your work is garbage." It needs nothing. And I'm like, "Oh my god, it's true. You stared into my soul." Um. So, I think it's like a big cultural thing where, at least, you know, I think we're all about building com- like community and having this fostering this like really safe environment. And I'm all about that too. But that sometimes, that sometimes like breeds this overly sweet um, environment that doesn't allow for constructive criticism.
0: Mm-hmm. Everybody gets a participation ribbon.
1: Exactly. And without that, and then the second you get any, waterworks. Hmm. So, and I, I I know this is like a touchy one because sometimes, I mean, you talk about your experience a lot in art school and how that really turned you off. But I think it's because they, you know, you had, you had a professor that straight up just said, don't do this anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I kind of, I was just thinking that when you said, you know, like if people get the criticism it's waterworks. Like I kinda wonder if it's like some old trauma that's left over where mm-hmm. you know, like they've been feeling like they've been faking it up until now and then they got called on it again and it's just like, oh my God. Um and I think like yeah, for me I just didn't show anybody anything for twenty years. Yeah. that was better. Yeah. That was better for me because I didn't want feedback. I didn't want, I felt like I'm finally making something. What if I get this quote unquote feedback, criticism, whatever. And it's, I stop again. I was mm-hmm. so scared of that. And then it was, you had PTSD. Like you I had, feel like, I mean, you know, not to minimize people who actually have PTSD, but like, yes, it kind of, of felt not. like that, you know, like for sure. that I was so terrified to go down that road again that I just didn't like, I just set up roadblocks to prevent myself from going down that road and then it was baby steps it was actually after joss curator and like um sarah g and and uh jessica bell Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i took chocolate to them chocolate pastries and um spent an afternoon with them and they actually they gave constructive feedback Yes. Which is what I wanted, and which is what you give. I didn't want to be told you should never paint again and this is crap. And I didn't want Claudette smoking in the corner. I just, I just I wanted actual feedback to be like, this is strong, this this isn't, you know, I'd maybe like maybe try going over here a little bit. And um, that's what I really liked about with you. But I was mm-hmm. I was also super scared because I knew yeah. that you weren't gonna sugarcoat,
1: mm-hmm. which I yeah. which
0: after the fact, I totally appreciate it. But I think it's scary when you're, when you full on know there will be no sugar. For sure. Yes.
1: And I think that, you know, most of the time people, people always ask me like the probably the most common question I get is, do you ever see art that's so bad that it's beyond repair? And then what do you say? And I was like, no, uh, yes, I see some freaking bad art, but (laughs) it's never beyond repair. And I think it'd be like, if somebody went to a gym and was super unhealthy and they're like, Nope, can't do anything for you. Never right. work out again. You know, but uh, no one is like that. And then yes, that's such a good that, analogy. That person might not, you know, become a Iron Man and like do a standing backflip, um, <laughs> but they'll get to the best that they can be and they'll get better. Like no matter what, there is no, there's no way they won't.
0: Does mm-hmm. so that make
1: sense if they totally. if they keep at it, right? And so and also I think my comments are oftentimes when people ask, like, okay, like what do you what are you basing that on when I when I do give it the constructive criticism? It's not, and I have to always clarify that it's not that this is technically not good. It is because I've seen it the most often. Mm. Like so basically, like if I see, you know even though the trees are done exceptionally well, if I see 10 trees that week, I'm not going to choose the trees Right in the work. So it's not exactly about whether I think it's good or not. It doesn't have anything to do with it being technically good. It has to do with how kind of unique it is.
0: Mm -hmm. And if you're telling your story and pushing your your, um, ideas forward hmm. Yeah. exactly.
1: Yeah. So even though there might be a, something that you're doing that isn't actually that strong, it might be actually the thing that's the most unique.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? You're really good at sort of seeing the fore- oh, tree analogy again, seeing the forest for the trees, you know, because um, it's so hard when it's your own work. And I think we might have t- touched on this during the pellets and steamers. But that sometimes when it's your own work. Like you could have 12 million elements on there and then you'll go, see that little dot right there? There's something mm-hmm. really strong right there. And that's
1: just from seeing a ton of dots,
0: Yeah, you know? Like, But do and people that's... cry when, would people would people be upset? Like when they've gone to the trouble to do 12,000 things in a piece and then you point to one little corner and go, I think you should, I think this is where you should go. Do they freak out because they've been working I so mean, hard on this giant someti- thing?
1: Sometimes, and that's like what I call like the too many eggs in one basket thing where they put too much emphasis and they're too precious about something and Mm -hmm. they're not willing to sort of let it go. Um, And I think that's a big part of what you talked about uh, last week. It won't be last week when this airs, but
0: with Andy. Mm Oh, it will be. Yeah, it will be last week. Oh yeah. I'm very Uh, unorganized and you're going up in like a day. (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) all
1: right. It's in real time. We are in real time. That's right. Um, um, And the idea that, you know, you have to make some garbage. Right, yeah. and not not necessarily be so precious about that, and that I find that to be a huge problem when people are on the edge. That little bit of criticism is like basically me telling them that all their work is for nothing, but that's not true. It's just that they're they've put too much weight into the work.
0: Hmm. Yes. Um. Actually, um. I think speaking of Jessica Bell, I think it might have been Jessica Bell in Creative Block. She her her challenge was to take a piece that you're actually happy with and slice it up. Mm-hmm. Into little squares, um, and then choose your favorite square out of all of those, and then concentrate on that. Mm-hmm. Like That's a of, great challenge. Yeah, like and and it's terrifying, right? Because you're like, yep, to cut something up, um, but you can actually find strength in in that simplicity, you know, of kind of looking for the your best corner and um, taking that to another level. Yes, it's exactly. a good challenge
1: I, for sure, and you just can't. If you're too precious about something, then you're also probably too precious about selling it, you know, or mm. letting it go. And it has to have like a life without you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I also find that for most people, the criticism, they already know, like 99% of the time, they already know that that's a weakness. It's, And I find it's kind of like, you know, I was thinking about it. It's like when a kid falls down and skins their knee and they're probably okay and they feel okay, but then they look at their parent and... <sighs> Their parent looks at them with like a sad face or like a, "Uh uh-oh kind of face. And then they start bawling, Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but they're fine, you know, and it's just, it's that acknowledgement of like, this was bad. That was bad. That makes them actually start to cry.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, like I said, right off the top, it's so vulnerable. Yeah. They're on the edge. Yeah. They're on the edge. And people have so, you so often work alone. In a little silo, and maybe you show things on Instagram, but like not really. So, when there's somebody in there, like looking through all your stuff, going, hmm, yeah. this is strong, this is weak, you know, whatever, it's so vulnerable.
1: For sure. I'm surprised sure.
0: when you said like one out of 10 cry. I'm like, really? I thought it was gonna be like at least
1: 50%. I think sometimes more, some, I don't know. And there's, I see a lot of dudes.
0: Dudes are <laughs> tough, you
1: know. <laughs> they cry after you leave. Yeah, exactly. They're just <laughs> weeping outside the door. Um, yeah. I, and I think that that acknowledgement of knowing that that's already the weakest part is good. Like you knew it just took me saying it, you know, that yeah. that's something that isn't working and let's move forward. Mm-hmm. But sometimes because you already know that whole kid recognition thing is, is
0: tough. So what do you do in that situation when somebody, you just let them, just let them do your thing and keep talking? Like, are they, or, or are they like when get they out of my house? Or how does that go? Yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> I like pat them on the head and I go like, it's okay.
0: Yeah. Get a little <laughs> Hello Kitty hey Band-Aid popping yeah. on.
1: Let's go. Yeah. Um, no, I think, I think it depends on the situation. Sometimes they, you know, sometimes it's just like a little, a little welling up in the eyes and then I usually just keep going. But, and then other times it's, you know, an ugly cry. Yeah. In which case, um, you know, we, we, we take a beat, right. And yeah. Make a cup of and, tea. <laughs> Yeah, just like have, you know, wait it out. Again, I try, I don't want it to be like therapy. It's not, I have no <laughs> um, experience in that. And I, I have no right to be telling anybody kind of what they should do with their with their lives. I like to keep it sort of about the artwork. So if they have something that they need to get out, I let them get it out. But I don't necessarily offer like, hey, you should probably do this. Right. Yeah. And
0: Well, it is. It is a fine line. Like with, um, I have a friend who's an art therapist in LA, and uh, when I was doing my girl crush workshops, she she hosted one, and she said afterwards, she's like, that that was just art therapy, Mm -hmm. and I was like, ooh, I'm not qualified to, to, you know, (laughs) do that at all. Uh, But I accidentally did it, and uh, and I think you kind of accidentally do it too, really.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I try to like steer it back to the work. As much as possible, like if it's getting a little bit too, too much into unfamiliar territory. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, sometimes people just, as I said, when I, when it's on the edge, it doesn't take, it could be anybody saying it. It doesn't have to be me, right? Like it just 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 takes somebody
0: saying. Yeah, I'm sure they're on the edge as you pull up to the driveway.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then. Take it from me.
0: And I might, (laughs) (laughs) it
1: might just be like, how you doing? Or something like that. And then again, floodgates. Yeah. Um, so the second reason is, and this is a common one is like external forces. So that's the whole like lack of time, lack of money, lack of resources kind of thing. That's, that makes people frustrated or stressed out. Right. Mm -hmm. And that lack of time thing is usually what it is. And it's like time in two ways, time I, you know, disposable time, like I don't have time to make art, but it's also time as in time on the earth. Like I'm too old and I don't have, um, I don't, nobody's recognizing me and I can't, I can't possibly start my life over now. Right. Yeah. So, and of course that leads to money because the more time you spend doing something, the less the less time you're spending, making, you know, money, right. Right. Necessarily. So that's also a huge part of it. And there are these just very real, you know, um, obstacles, I guess that get Mm -hmm. in the way.
0: I think frustration Um, is exactly the right word for that because you kind of feel like it's out of your power. mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, the instinct is it's not crying out of sadness or defensiveness. It's crying out of just complete frustration. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, I
1: think you talk about this um, with a lot of artists on the show, just being a parent, right? Yes. And that being this huge external force, like the, the um, responsibility of keeping another human or humans alive, I call it, <laughs> like is pretty big. Um, and it tends to like take up a lot of your creative
0: energy. It does, yeah. And, you know, I was just talking about this with somebody else, too, and it's 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 even more like there's also the pressure from, like I remember going to the park with Charlie. I, I was at home with him for five years, and Jell's Curator started when he was about two and a half, so I was kind of like in this weird middle ground, like for the majority of the time I was home with him. And I remember being at the park and, like, wanting to talk about art and, like, wanting to get creative again, and, like, you'd bring it up with some of the moms, and they would just look at you like you were this awful person who <laughs> wanted to do something other than care for your baby. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. no, no. Like I, I, I'm, I'll make sure he's good. Like he'll be Yeah, good, I'm still committed to yeah. Alive. <laughs> I still love yeah. him very, very much. But it was like, and I remember just feeling like, Oh, okay. Like read the audience, like wrong crowd. Don't talk about this, you know? And so right. there's like this right. weird thing where you're like, okay, well then, and then that reinforces in your head. Yes. I shouldn't be, I, it's frivolous and selfish of me to think about anything other than this kid or kids. For
1: sure. It's guilt.
0: It's a lot of guilt. Yeah.
1: And it's also, I find with some of my clients comparison because they, they're seeing something out there or someone out there who does have those things, who does have, you know, a big studio where they can create large work or who has disposable income in some other way
0: Mm -hmm.
1: or that they're, you know, young and happening or something like that. So they have their whole lives ahead of them to do that.
0: Um, The really tricky part is when somebody's got an amazing studio, they're young and happening, and they also have three kids. mm -hmm. And you're like, whoa, whoa, wait, what? What's happening? (laughs) What's happening? I will never achieve any kind of success (laughs) ever. Waterworks.
1: Peel back your skin and show your alien face underneath because something's wrong there. There's no way. This is... A human, um, yeah, so I think that that is a tough one because it's that becomes this question about fairness. They, they feel like there's something unfair there, and like the art gods have blessed this person and you know, and not you, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find I... that's people that they know, or it's like people that they're following online?
1: It's generally who they're following online, yeah,
0: I find yeah
1: that's huge now. You know, it wasn't so much an issue when we just were in the dark about
0: that. Mm-hmm. but now it's everywhere. Yeah, because um, I, I I often tell yeah. people in those situations to um, reach out to those people. Yeah, because they will tell you that I mean, either they have hustled their asses off to you know, and they and they cry in their bathtubs every night because they can't handle everything, and then you're like, what? I thought Mm -hmm. it was all rose colored, whatever. Or you find, you know, like sometimes they'll, sometimes they don't write you back, but sometimes they'll actually let you inside their world a little bit. And you realize that, oh, it's not as perfect as it seems. And oh, or they, you know, they grew up with money. So that wasn't even an issue for them. Okay. So you can rule that out, not, you know, like, what can you do about that? Nothing. Um, you know, and so I think it's, if you can kind of try and crack behind that beautiful veneer, if it's someone you know, <clears throat> I, I've talked about this before. My friend Mary Jo is a writer. Have you met Mary Jo? Yes. She's amazing. Yes. And uh I, I took her for coffee. We didn't know each other that well back then. And this is years ago. I think Jo's curator was m- not even a year old yet. And I took her for coffee and told her how awesome I thought she was. I think I cried. Pretty sure I cried. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she laughed so hard because she was like, what are you talking about? Like, you're awesome. And she's Mm -hmm. like, I feel like I have a hundred pots like on simmer, but none of them are boiling, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it was just like, oh, and like our friendship got so much stronger because suddenly we became these allies to each other who could actually like, I couldn't talk to the moms at the park, but I could talk to her about this stuff. And, um, you know, if those people are in your life, take them out for coffee and tell them they're awesome because who doesn't love that?
1: For sure. Maybe buy Absolutely. them a bag of chips. Oh. You know? <laughs> Not, unless they're on a chip strike yeah. for some insane yeah. reason. But you could still mail
0: them to her, her well, and maybe she would eat them anyway. You want me to mail you? <laughs> I don't know if you want to. I don't
1: know. You, I do have your address. Um, <laughs> and we saying. have mailed you chips before. You did mail me chips. Yeah. Um, no. I right. I have a big
0: surgery coming up soon. You want to mail me a big basket of chips? I don't want flowers. Just a giant okay. basket of chips Yeah, would be great.
1: Like, why? The flowers die. Chips, yeah. last forever. Chips like, last for
0: at least 10 minutes. <laughs> at least inside you. Friends. Yes, exactly.
1: Um, and I also find that, you know, with the external forces thing, and it's, it's tough being an artist. I don't think that we have to sort of get over. It's, it's weird because art is a funny thing. where People, as a, as a hobby, it is easy. You know, as yeah. as a hobby and as a pastime, and yeah, it's, it's a stress super relaxing. And, and yeah, yeah, you got it. Super relaxing. It's fun. Everyone loves it. But as a full time job, it is incredibly fucking hard. <laughs> it's probably the hardest thing ever. The opposite of <laughs> easy, right? And the opposite of relaxing. So it's one of these really weird polarizing things. Where did anybody think this was going to be easy? You know, it's it's
0: not. It's.
1: I wonder you, if it's you chose because it cause you love it, like yeah
0: yeah I wonder if it's because if you started it as a hobby you know and it yes. was relaxing and delightful and then you know things pick up and it's like oh my gosh like this is great and I'm making money and I could turn this into something and then it becomes your full, and then you're like wait where where did the relaxing lovely thing go this is now really really hard and I don't know for sure
1: yeah it is that it would it Chains. And
0: I, th- I think it's also, I'm just going to interrupt you and sure. not ask my guest anything, but um, <laughs> I think it's also perception from other people because I remember, I was just thinking about this. When I was in university, I moved into residence in third year and um, I ha- I always worked in my res room, so I had my easel set up. And this girl walked by who ended up being my best friend, but she, she walked by and was like, oh my gosh, are you an art major? And I said, yeah. And she's like oh my God, that's so amazing that you just get to like paint pictures and then graduate. (laughs) And somehow we ended up being best friends. I don't know how that happened, but anyway, but that was the perception, right? Like that, oh, it's just this fun, easy, like paint a flower, call it a day. And I was like, meanwhile, I was in third year. I was like feeling like I needed massive therapy and I was like so stressed all the time. But the perception of everybody around me who was studying other things thought it was this fun thing.
1: Yes, totally. It's like, I used to think drama kids just ran around in their socks and did, you know, played like shadow mirror games with each other. Um, But it is not easy being an
0: actor. (laughs) Oh my God. You paint the vivid pictures. I like it. For sure. Um,
1: But yeah, exactly. It's just one. I don't, I don't think anybody like says I got into art for the money, you know, (laughs) like they, you, you get oh, write that it because down it is one of the best jobs in the world. It is awesome, but it is hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, I think you're exactly right. I think people yeah. got into it because they love it. Like, and, and almost everyone I talk to has, you know, we're art kids. They've been, they've been making stuff since they could, you know, glue something onto something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And there was no, like, there was no choice. The universe decided for you that yeah. this is your true identity. Right. So I think, um, I think everything else is just everything else surrounding that, mm-hmm. you know, oh, and did, it takes
0: up. Yeah. Did you hear the fill in the fill in the circle guy, Phil Hansen, on the other day?
1: Yes. Yes. Well, that was awesome.
0: Wasn't it yeah. awesome? And I, I love like, so speaking of like the um, external factors, like mm-hmm. I love that it was like, okay, I'm going to see what I can make for $1. Yeah. You know, so if your limit is money, be like, okay, I'm going to see what I can make for free. For sure, you know I'm gonna go around my yard and see what I can find. If, if your limit is time, be like, okay, I'm gonna see what I can make in five minutes. In one in one minute, yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: I also I think a lot of that is being in the moment of what you're doing. Like, you know, your kids, the the car, all that stuff is still gonna be there. Yeah, all those worries are still gonna be there, but that moment um, should be reserved for the creative energies of your mind. So it's a lot of it are these thoughts I, I feel like those burdens are thought based you know mm-hmm. not to get too wor- like wooey, but um, it takes up a lot of the energy that you need to be creative to be an artist. Um, these future plans, these past regrets, like all these things that you just have to do, that fact that the house is messy and yada yada, but mm-hmm. in that very moment is that actually a problem? Probably not. Yeah and those are the times that you know you need to strike.
0: Yeah. And I've said a few times too, that I feel like if we put as much energy into coming up with the excuses, Mm -hmm. if we put that same amount of energy into making something, you'd be so prolific. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I've Mm -hmm. spent, I have spent years having excuses (laughs) about why I couldn't make something or, you know, I didn't have the right paper and the lighting wasn't right and this and this and this and this and this this. all that time. Do you know how many things I could have made? Right. And you make so many things right now. I sure
1: do. It's pretty crazy.
0: I know. Yeah. It is a little bit crazy.
1: Um, so third. Third, yep. of, third or fourth. Then um, this is one of my favorites. It's I call it acknowledgement of anger. But it's not anger always. It's also like passion. So it's usually when people are telling when we get at like the, the crux of what their work is about and you kind of dig a little deeper, and you figure out the meat and potatoes. I've talked about Mm -hmm. that before. And that's usually, no surprise, something that they care very deeply about, or is very personal to them. And yeah, sometimes it is like, political or social, historical, right? Playful, comical, all those kinds of things. But um no matter what, it is still something like super personal to them and something that they think like a message that they, they want to put out there. And that tends to make people cry.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And again,
1: talking about it makes you cry. It's just like those things where, yeah, when you're upset and you're like, don't talk to me because if you <laughs> if you yeah. talk to me, I'm going to burst. And so it's very similar to that. Yeah. And not everyone is like that, right? There's not, not, not everyone is, um, has this big, deeply personal thing behind their behind their work, but some people do, maybe one in ten people, and that's what
0: <laughs> makes them break, right? Or maybe they don't realize. It's like I, I didn't cry when we were together, I don't think. Did I? No. I'm a, I am a crier, but um, I cried after you left. Okay. Like a couple days later because I was kind of going through all of this stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, we talked a lot about my family. Yeah. And I kind of didn't realize, I don't think, how much mm-hmm. those relationships were playing into my work. I just thought I was doing these fun, humor based, you For know. Sure. And whatever. we talked so much about your family. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it was a bit a like, whoa, I didn't it's kinda of like ha- sometimes aha moments that are linked to your passion or digging that little digging deeper into the meat and potatoes strikes a nerve. For sure. That maybe you didn't really realize was exposed and then all of a sudden Penny Lane comes in with her poker, Mm -hmm. zap. Pokes you a bit. Pokes you. Next thing you know, you're a puddle on the floor. (laughs) But (laughs) it's true, right?
1: The best work is those things, right? That's why I like this one because, I mean, the sooner we can talk about what it's about, the sooner you can work to make it better.
0: Yeah. And we
1: can identify like what it is, right? And the – so – I think for the best art and for many people, like art is just to make life better for not just yourself, but the people around you. And that usually requires like recognizing what might currently be worse mm. or wrong or missing or something. And so putting that out there, like you talk a lot about how you didn't think your work was serious because it was funny. Right. You know, and I think a lot of that comes from probably the fact that we need a little bit more joy out there. Maybe that's what art should be for you.
0: Right.
1: And so it could just like I think some sometimes figuring out what it is that you find is lacking and then trying to fill that with your artwork um, is your meat and potatoes.
0: Mm -hmm. Don't make me cry. (laughs) <laughs> you
1: are not on the edge.
0: No, well, but it—that is really true, and it took me a very long time. Um, actually, even that, even you saying that, like the fact that it can—it can be funny, but still have seriousness behind it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, like the fibroid series that I'm doing right now, I think is really beautiful and really like there's lots of funny elements to it, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it's also really upsetting to me, which is why I'm mm-hmm. doing it. I, I wanted to have the power to turn it around, you know? It's like, okay, well, that's one of the superpowers of being an artist is that you can take lemons and make lemonade. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm still doing it with my voice. I'm still making it funny. And um, perhaps that's a deeper problem that I just deal with, you know, trauma through humor.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's all fine. It's fine. It's fine. And I
1: think that's satire, right? That's the. That's an age-old tried and true method yeah, of making people look at something a different way that like makes them feel like acknowledge it and then feel better about mm-hmm. it. Um,
0: um, so yeah. w- what did you call this one again?
1: I called it acknowledgement of anger. That's what I call it, but it's not always like anger is a bit too loaded of a word. Sometimes it's like not acknowledgement of passion, but right. it's just some, something that, um, somebody figuring out with you, what it is you give a shit about.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think it's like that even going into those sessions, they might not know what that thing is. I think that's what like makes you cry is like hitting that nerve and being like, whoa, I didn't even realize. Again, because you're sort of seeing the forest for the trees, right? To be like, but what about this? it's like Mm -hmm. looking at that little one dot in the corner going, you really talk about your family a lot. And it's like, what? Mm -hmm. I, oh, I didn't even realize, you know, and um, I think that triggers you because it's like, whoa, this is more than I thought it was, you know, kind of unlock something that you maybe weren't even realizing that you were ready to unlock. For sure. And I think that you maybe
1: sometimes we start with the things that we feel are closest to us or the safest or the most readily available. And we don't recognize that that was actually, it was, it's more than that. We think we've done it because of convenience or just because it's just, you know, on our minds, but it's really on our minds because it's something more. Yeah. Especially, you know, with your work too, a lot of it was about, is, was, is about your family because they're there, you know, and you see them all the time and they've been a big part of your life. Um, but that has led to so many other like branches of why that's important to you and your work
0: Mm -hmm. well and you know and that was a huge part you huge part thrive actually my my Mm -hmm. first thrive group because um I don't know just like allowing myself to to actually share with people and not be terrified of being ripped apart Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean it took a lot I was in my 40s To be, I mean, I I graduated from art school and I was, what, 21 or something? (laughs) And it took until (laughs) my early 40s that I was actually willing to talk to people about my art. And the more you do it, the less scary it becomes. And you start to know your, it's like, oh, well, you're kind of a jerk, so I'm actually not going to talk to you about my art. And not that I need people to blow sunshine, but it's like, you kind of start to gauge, like, who the good people are to bounce things off of and who the people are like, ah, I'm not going to get anything good out of you anyway. You um, also
1: find the people who are talking about the same things, mm-hmm. which is great. Last week you mentioned, um, or again with Andy, like, uh, that sometimes there's just something in the water. Yeah. I like that. And, and both, you know, Andy and yourself So that it's, some, it, there are sometimes these trends that are going around and people are talking about these things like collectively. Yeah. And, uh, I like that, but you don't figure that out until, you know, a lot of, I think a lot so much of your work is about, um, again, using humor, but about gender roles Mm -hmm. and that's in the air and that's a good thing. And sometimes it takes that collective voice, even though, yeah, we want people to be talking about it all at the same time so we can speak louder about it.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's a bit like, that's a bit unnerving too, I find, because, um, the reaction you can get online is a bit scary sometimes. Mm. You know, it's like that, um, who was the woman that said to the NBA player, just shut up and dribble? Right. Yeah, it sort of feels like that. It's like, okay, okay, just, you know, stay in your lane. Like Totally. Yeah. Um, I actually just did a piece for my Nas- Nashville show that has a whole bunch of naked ladies, like from all different, like, you know, art history paintings and a few modern ones. And then a few cats in there too. And it says, um, <laughs> the title is, um, uh, people love cat art, not political art. Hashtag mm. grab them, hashtag me too. Wow. And yeah. uh, because when you first look at it, you're like, oh, pretty. And then you start to yeah, realize cute. it's like grab them by the what now? And uh, yeah, t- totally. Yeah, but it's like people love cat art. It's everywhere. But yes. people, like, I just wrote about these really beautiful flags um, yesterday. And, uh, and somebody commented and said, Do people buy political art? And I was like, hmm, mm. I don't know. We'll find mm-hmm. out if anybody buys my cat painting.
1: Right, totally. It's it's interesting because that's it's
0: it's funny to say that because in some ways
1: most art is political.
0: Yeah, every, you know, generally speaking people are trying to say something. Exactly. The, their yeah. position, their point of view, whatever. Oh, but okay. Number yeah. number four. Okay.
1: Let's finish it off. Um number 4 is recognition of success. And we've already touched on this a little bit and it's basically Again, could be anybody, but just so happens to be me saying this is good or I like this or something like that. And it just tips them over the edge because they have maybe either been in isolation for so long or they've had these, you know, art PTSD past experiences that have reinforced some something that some insecurity in themselves mm-hmm. that maybe being an artist was like an illegitimate job or that they're wasting their time, whatever, that they're not good enough. And somebody coming along and saying, no, this is, this is good. It just
0: rips them. Yeah. Like they it's probably just it. like complete relief.
1: Yeah. It's this amazing relief and this like relief of guilt, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I do think it's probably a lack of, of criticism or, as well. It's like combined with nobody else telling you that. Right. right? Or if it is, it's, you know, your, your partner or some, your family. And then you're like, well, they don't, they don't know. Right. So it has to be somebody that you, you kind of care about what they say. And then suddenly it's just, it's floodgates open.
0: Yeah.
1: I actually like that one I like that, that one the most. <laughs> I was
0: going to say, that's that's the one you want. That's the one. That's the one
1: I want, for yeah. sure. Um, it's always unexpected, though, because I, I never know who's sort of on the edge with that. But, yeah, it takes. it's just such a pent-up thing that they've been alone for so long thinking these thoughts and um, with a lot of, I mean, with a lot of pain. Yeah. Um, and just to be able to, again... You know, it doesn't have to be me, but just somebody saying, no, no, you're on the right track
0: is enough. Yeah. I've gotten emails from people who I've written about who have said like, oh my God, that like, because you wrote about me, like they get that exhale. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? Your stuff is so good. Like why? Your work is great. Yeah. And uh, I think it's just... It is the whole thing, like, you know, going back to you saying, like, this is not an easy job, and it's so emotional. Like, I I often said, like, people would ask if I, you know, I was a graphic designer for 18 years, and I worked on huge, huge brands and was in big meetings with, you know, Nike and and BMW and all this stuff. I was never nervous because, not, not that I didn't care, but, I mean... It was my job and mm-hmm. I did, the, you know, I got the brief and I did the thing and if the people didn't like it, well, okay. You know, but when you make art and it's about your family or it's about your political views or it's about a trauma that happened to you or it's about whatever, yeah, that would not exist in the world if you didn't exist in the world. Like somebody else would do the Nike ad. Somebody else would jump in and work on BMW, but mm-hmm. that piece would not exist in the world had you not created it based on your experiences. That is incredibly vulnerable. For sure, for sure. I think that's really you well put,
1: because and having someone come along and say no, that's good, is almost, in many ways, I feel like I'm saying no, like you're good,
0: right? Yeah. Like,
1: everything you're doing, your decisions that you've made, they've been good decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be is- such
0: an interesting study to like actually like like go into the background of the different people that cry for the different things like did you have like some sort of art school you know meltdown Mm -hmm. do you have a partner who tells you that you suck and that art is a waste of your time and resources um Mm -hmm. you know like all of that factors in and people don't realize like I just did a post the other day um on Instagram about um did you see it my February 17th Post. Tell me. February 17th, 1999. um, Oh, yes. Was when I was on a plane flying home from Australia away from a very abusive relationship. And I can never look at the calendar. Like, it's been 21 years. But when it says February 17th, Mm -hmm. all I can picture is being on that plane. Um, Oh, I don't know what the point of saying that was. Trauma. I think that.
1: Yeah, and also just these past experiences that have made you who you are.
0: Yeah, and it's just it's so um it's so raw and on the surface. And and uh, you know, he he was one of the things that led into he fed into my inner critic. He would always say, What's so. the point? Like he dropped out of high school in like grade ten or something, and he was telling me, like, Oh, what's the point in this? Like, you're not showing in New York, so who cares? And and I allow I believed that. Oh yeah. You know, and so when you like people When Like their whole fabric of who they are and everything that's led up to this is, I'm not surprised more people don't cry.
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) totally. And it's, it's it's funny because it it also comes along with a lot of like shame, like that these people have told you these things like that guy, you know, um, and, and then you feel kind of embarrassed that you've, you know, even just you saying he dropped out of school in grade 10. Yeah. And you're like, how, how did I let somebody like that do something like this to me yeah. for 20 years? Yeah. Like I have thought about it, you know, so it comes along with a bit of, with a bit of this shame as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, embarrassment that you allowed that to stop you. And you know, the fact that I let that teacher stop me for all these years and it became um so such a truth to me that I didn't even, until I wrote creative block and actually had to think about all this. I was like, oh yeah, that prof. Like I'd completely forgotten about it. I'd completely forgotten about this asshole from Australia because it had just become a truth in my brain that I wasn't good enough to make art. It wasn't like, oh, he said that or he said that and I shouldn't listen to them. It was just a fact in my mind.
1: Yes, yes. And I think when when I'm with somebody in in a room, it may just be kind of hitting that nerve Yeah, and they might not know. And I, I certainly don't know. Yeah,
0: but um, I'm sure the most, the majority of the people that cry in front of you have no idea that they're going to cry when you first show up. Oh
1: gosh, no, no, gosh, no. I certainly don't know. They don't know. Um, It's
0: a fun surprise.
1: (laughs) It sure is. (laughs) And as I said, like I mean, I, even though it happens quite often, I am still, um, it's I'm still kind of surprised because it is so such an outpour, like such a visible manifestation of, of emotion. Mm-hmm. And, um, as somebody who's like quite private myself, yeah. and, uh, it's always, and I, I mean, I fully encourage a person to be vulnerable. It's just always kind of surprising because you're like, wow, you know, okay. Like this means something to you. This means a lot to you. And I think that's what it all comes down to. Like these four reasons, it all just comes down to the, you care very deeply about what
0: you're doing Mm -hmm. and that's amazing and beautiful and that it proves that you're in the right camp
1: yeah I think so you know because if it if it's enough to move you because you're either frustrated because you can't do it or because somebody's told you you couldn't or because me telling you something's wrong like all of those things if they move you that deeply you must you must give a lot of shits about what you're doing
0: yeah and it's it's a it's a really cool club to be in. That was the other thing was just finding, you know, finding your people. If you are feeling alone and, you know, on the edge and like like you could cry at the drop of a hat, like you just have to find even just one person to like yeah. bounce stuff off of because then they'll probably cry with you or, you know, one day you'll be crying, the next day they will or, you know, it's just you need to know that you're not alone in this. I I spent way too long feeling alone and that was once mm-hmm. I started realizing that people were actually reading my blog Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it was just Mm -hmm. for me at the beginning when, when I actually realized people were paying attention, I mean, immediately it was like thousands of people who were like, yeah, me too. And I was like, what?
1: Yeah. And that's why I've seen people walk up to you and start to cry. That's why,
0: because (laughs) you've said their innermost thoughts out loud. (laughs) Yeah. I guess so. And
1: those happen to be your thoughts.
0: Yeah, they are. Right? Yeah. Very much. And I honestly, it's so narcissistic. I honestly had no idea that other people, I didn't even know inner critic was a thing. I just thought that was a horrible thing I had. I did not know it was just a thing that every yeah. human has about anything, you know. I
1: don't think that's narcissistic. I like, I totally think that's part of you know you being alone. Yeah. You don't know that other people have these kinds of feelings. Yeah. And I do. I know that. And is like, I guess that's that's that very strange and unique position that I've been, you know, very honored to be in, which is that I always tell people everyone is the same and everyone is different. And I, I'm probably, I I get to see that.
0: Yeah. I was just going to say, you must feel really honored to be in those moments. Like, as uh, like, you know, to be present for that kind of release of, you know, frustration or relief or whatever it is you, you get to be there.
1: Yeah, I I definitely do. And it's, yeah, no, I feel very blessed to be able to have some, uh, to be able to see like the amount of people I see and to, to, see firsthand that they all have a very shared experience. Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell people that, right? It's hard to say to others, like, yeah, that thing that you're upset about, um, you know, I saw two people last week and four people the week before that, that
0: feel the same way. I know. Right? It's not, yeah. Yeah, you don't realize until you actually meet those other people. But exactly. you as, like, a, you know, with this, this sort of, like, eagle-eye view of it, that's what I started to find when I – um it was right after I wrote Creative Block, and I started doing the book tour for it. I just wanted to do a book tour because I was like, "I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. I have a book. Yeah, I might never. I, I didn't think I'd ever write another book, so I went on this big book tour. And everywhere I went, didn't matter what city, you know, didn't matter the demographic in the in the audience, I heard the exact same stories over yes. and over, and over, and people would cry about the exact. And I'm like, I literally heard the same story from somebody else on the other side of the country. Totally. (laughs) And it's amazing. Like, it makes you realize, like, okay, like, this is just a club we are all in together. And if you can see it like that and get yourself out of the silo and realize that there are thousands and thousands of people who are like you, it really, really helps. You move forward and keep going. It is so comforting.
1: I think um, my partner Connor, you know, um, yeah. has come with me on a lot of these talks and, um, just seminars in little towns. Right. And a lots of times afterwards, as I've seen with you, I've been there many times where they've just lined up to talk to you. Right. Mm-hmm. And they'll, you know, one or two people or five or six will sort of talk to you for a little bit longer because they need to tell you some deeply personal thing about their journey. Yeah. Um, and they're crying, right. These sorts of things. And, um, he said one time, he's like, God, that like, is that, that must be emotionally just so exhausting and draining for people to put those things on you. Like they're tragic kind of, um, journeys. And, uh, I'm like, nope, not at all. Like, Cause I just take it. Like, I don't say anything. Usually I just like nod and then say, yeah, that's, you know, sounds like it's been difficult or something. And I'm listening and they say it to me. I take all that and I throw it all in the garbage. And that sounds so awful. And I don't mean for it to be awful. I mean, like, I'll carry this with you and together we can throw it in the garbage Yeah. or uh, I'll transfer it for you. I'm happy to be the transferring. Right. I think it's different with somebody who is actually, you know, in a profession like a counselor or therapist who does kind of have to carry those things. Or at least I, I joke that, you know, they're not throwing in the garbage ship, they're bringing it to the recycling, and right. they're separating it out to become new things. But I don't do any of that. I'm wasteful, and I throw it right into the trash. <laughs> All that well, emotional baggage, right? And yeah. because I don't need to carry it around, they don't need me to carry it around. They just needed me to be like a little transfer the garbage truck and drive it to the dump. Yeah. And I am
0: plenty happy to do that. Well, and I bet in a lot of those cases, just like with me too, it's the first time they've ever said it out loud.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: And they just need to get it out.
1: Do you feel like you carry that around or do you just let it go?
0: I let it go because, um, it's theirs, but yeah, I think that's a really good analogy. You can feel the relief when they, I've never thought of it as like being like a garbage man, but I like that because I'll tell Andy about it. Andy loves a good analogy. Um, yes. Um, I, I, I think that because very often I think it is the first time they've ever said it out loud. And sometimes they do cry cause they're like, Oh my God, where's this coming from? And they tell you this thing. You can see the relief in their body after they're done oh, yeah. telling you, like you can see oh, their yeah. shoulders and stuff. And, and so I don't mind at all because, and also for me, it's just validating because very often I have felt like that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you feel, do you feel
1: like you say, have to say very much? I, I no. don't, I never feel like that. I just, I'm just receiving.
0: Yeah. No, I don't, I don't usually have to say very much or, you know, I will say, I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I lived
1: it. I get it. I feel like I get it probably at one one hundredths of how much you get it. I mean, I do, I do, line up feel, and dump their stuff on you. I do yeah.
0: feel like, I mean, I'm so honored and I will, I will sit, I will sit there for hours and hours if people want to line up and talk to me. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm always there for hours after every event chatting with people. And that's my, literally my favorite part. Like oh, I'll do yeah, my talk. Best I am quite happy to get down off the, you know, the thing and just like talk to other people. Um, it also helps me come up with ideas for the next book, so that doesn't hurt. Um, but I'm totally honored to be part of somebody's journey like that because for so long, I kept, I mean, if there had been somebody for me to tell something to. Yes. Oh, I would. I mean, it could have saved me decades of doing nothing. Absolutely. You know, so I, I sure. am so honored to be part of, of that. And, um, and now I've got like people who started out that way who've become friends. Oh, yeah. You know, and oh, yeah. uh, it's, it's really, really cool to, like, you know, have the, these, like, relationships now with people who completely get it. But, I mean, I do, like, when, when Connor asked if you get exhausted, I do then go back to my hotel, put on my jammies. Mm-hmm. and eat chips and watch crime For, shows.
1: Yeah. Throw on a marathon. Yes. Like I'm going to need yeah. some
0: 48 hours, some 2020 a little forensic files and a lot of chips. And then, so what am I going to do now? I've got a bunch of trips coming up. Is my chip, <laughs> is my chip fast going to be over?
1: Yes. It's going to be over. Come on. Like you, you had a good run. <laughs> it was good. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I I a hundred percent agree with you. I, I don't want to come off. Like I'm not, uh, that is the best part. No, no. Um, I know you're having like the that. little connections and stuff like that. It is exhausting because, because you drive it like, you it's care. a heavy truck you're driving to yeah. the dump, you know? It's like, but, uh, but that is the best part. And those are in many ways, like a daily consult that when I see three people a day that they are like little versions of throwing things in, in the yeah, junk truck.
0: I, I honestly don't know how you do it. Like I had to stop doing my girl crush workshops. They were only one day with like 10 people And um, I was the only one that was going to all of them, right? So everybody that attended them was like, this is amazing. But I was on my seventh or eighth, and I was like, I am so tired. And I I mean, this was a few years ago, too. So I think I was carrying everybody's stuff. I I couldn't let go. (laughs) Yes, yeah. I was like a garbage man. I was under the truck. You were sticking garbage in your (laughs) pocket and going home
1: with it. Like, that's...
0: Yeah, like that's, a dead that's, fish. Yeah, that's like a weird hobby. That's what, yeah, I got to take it to the dump and I was, and I was taking it home with me and I was exhausted and I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I had to change the way that I worked. And I, you know, they'll come back one day maybe, but um, yeah. It has I think to it's be... concentrated time, right? I think yeah. that's what makes you
1: exhausted because I told somebody one time and they're like, oh, yeah. So, like, oh, that's great. Like, how many do you do day? And I said three. And they're like, oh, so you only work for three hours basically. I'm like, nope, there's everything else yeah. <laughs> around that. But, uh, yeah, and, and then it, I started to feel a little guilty. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I could do eight. Oh, but God. there's no way. Like, I can't, it's, I'm just drained after. No, three. we can't burn you out the give penny lane. Person, no, and you want to give that person your best. You exactly. want to give them everything you have, right? Yeah, I don't
0: want you coming to me after you've been to seven.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, I would just tune it right
0: out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd be like, yeah, 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 this looks good. This is crap. Okay, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Cut more stuff.
0: Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut, cut, snip, snip a little bit of paint. Um, we'll I'm throw out. some boobs in there. <laughs> oh, my God. I just did this huge Dolly Parton piece, and Greg came downstairs. And he's like, it looks like a giant boob. And I was like,
1: wow. Oh, my
0: God. It does. Deep. <laughs> Who knew? Um, okay, I have one more thing to ask you. So that's sure. all the reasons you make people cry. That's um, it, yeah. Tips. I, I, I always, I'm going to post a whole bunch of these in the post. You... Always oh. pose beautifully in front of art. Oh my God, really? Yes. All of your photos, you're always like, you never look at the camera. You're like, Yep. you're off to, you're looking pensively to the side. And a few times you've taken my picture with art and you're like, okay, put your coat down. Look, don't look at me. Look over there. Okay, now do don't this. And... You look at me. <laughs> <laughs> so tips for yeah. posing with your art at events, because I do, I just smile this bad double chin smile. It's terrible. But you always look like poetically matching the art somehow, like you're part of the piece. What's your tip? Well,
1: that's super nice. Uh, No one has ever said that to me. So that's awesome. Don't cry. Thank you. Wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to cry after. (laughs) Okay. Um, I think one is that, you know, you interact with the art. That's a big one. Like usually if there's something that they're doing, I like to do it too or, you know, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Try not to always look at the camera, there's some benefits in that. Um, you know, not again, you're like more in the moment, I suppose. Um, my, my friend Anita, who works at Gallery Jones, she takes really, really good pictures with the art at their gallery. And that's because she dresses intentionally, I think, or Uh. maybe stands next to something that makes sense with it. Like they just, she just looks good with it. Um, so I'd say probably a little bit of, um, a little art create. direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and a little bit of sort of just thinking ahead like this would go great. Like even just an all-black outfit, right, would, would look good with most things. Right. There's something there. Um, you know, there's also angles that, that work in one's favor, I suppose. Um, and I think, I think you have to give the person who's taking your photo direction.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a huge one, right, because some people – you look at it and it's mostly of the ground. I have <laughs> great friends, Ashley, you've met one, you know, who who they take great photos just because they've been around me for so long. And they know, right? you know, what we, what that they know what works. They know what you like. Right. So, yeah, something like that. They also teach me other. They've taught me lots of tips, like don't squeeze your arm as hard as you can against your body. That right. I used to do all the time. And they're like, no, hold it. Out. I'm like, huh, <laughs> good, good one. So there's that, um, using another human being to block most of you. That's also good. Yeah. It's a good tip. I, I like, like that, that one. one. Yeah. Um, I like to have props in any way.
0: What kind? So food.
1: Well, like, you know, if they're like, if there are flowers around, if there's food in any way that that's always kind of fun to integrate. Um, Or if there is, like, if it's with sculpture or something like that, I like to get an angle where I'm either partially, like, covered by it or interacting with it in some way. Right, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think we just have to do, like, a photo shoot, and I will take a whole bunch.
0: God. Um, Well, see, now I have an excuse to post all of those pictures, because I love it when you do that. And I, when a camera comes out, I panic. I stand up straight. It's like a school photo.
1: Cheese. Mm, yeah. And I usually yeah, say freeze.
0: cheese.
1: Yeah. I think it's because <laughs> you haven't had somebody who's been given like, giving you direction. And so you feel awkward, you know? Yeah. Like, if somebody says, like, oh, don't do that with your mouth. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, got it. I like that. Like, I prefer that. So, you know, I think you need somebody, like, make Greg give you direction.
0: Oh, he's terrible. Oh, my God. Oh, I love him, but he, no, all, all of the pictures from our Hawaii trip, I think I'm in two photos and they're both super, like I'm talking or like it's super unflattering. It's like, okay, well, I that's, guess.
1: Yeah. That's a pity because I think you look great in photos. And again, I mean, not to, again, toot my own horn, but when I'm, when I'm taking them,
0: they look great. They do. One of my favorite pictures ever is the one that you took of me on the ladder um, in the Vancouver Mural Festival. Yeah. It's a great picture. Cause you were like, climb up you the ladder. And I was like, okay. And then got up there and I was like, "Cheese," And you were like, no, don't look sure. at me. Turn to the side. I was like, oh, <laughs> and um, okay. I think I smized. I'm pretty sure I smized.
1: Oh yeah. You got a smile. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, what would be frowning like fries, frowning with your eyes also? Oh yeah. Fries. Fries. Um,
0: mm, yeah. Geez. So I
1: think I'll, all of those, if we did a photo shoot, it would, it would be great.
0: It would. Let's I do know. That. I trust you. Um, that was awesome. I loved all of the things. There was barely any poop talk this time. No, I thought we should clean it up. Yeah. clean up my ass. Sure. Sure. Um, I think it was great. And um, I'm going to, when people, when you guys are listening to this, if you cry during the episode, tell me on Instagram because I'm going to (laughs) start keeping some sort of sociological data. Cry log. Yeah. Cry log because it's, it's legit. It happens to everybody. That's what makes yep. us sweet, vulnerable, heart-on-sleeve artists. Indeed. No shame. Makes for the best work. Yep. Thank you, Penny Lane. Thank you. Um, and I will have you back on in a couple of months and we'll do it all again. I'm looking forward to it. All right. I will talk to you soon. I just realized we didn't talk about TV at all. That is kind of a miracle for me and Penny. Oh, well, at least we talked about chips. Oh, and by the way, the quote-unquote, recipe for those chip cookie, pep, I don't know, chocolate things, um, is there's a link to it in my post on my site, thejellscurator.com. Thank you so much to Penny Lane for A, not making me cry, and for B, being so amazing and generous with her stories, her wisdom, and her time. Thanks to the Thrive Network for supporting this episode, and as always, thank you for listening. There will be more art for your ear next weekend. See you then.